Welcome to the Chad Whittle Podcast. On each episode of the show, Chad is joined by academics, media professionals, and thought leaders to discuss their careers, the latest media developments, how technology is impacting our lives, and so much more. And now, here's Chad. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I'm so glad you are here for this episode because today I have the former executive vice president of content and programming at Cumulus and Westwood One. He is Mike McVeigh, a longtime radio consultant, and now he's back to consulting for the media industry. Mike, it's great to have you on the show. Well, Chad, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you asking me to come on and be part of your podcast. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking some time away from the Clubhouse app. You could be in a mastermind (laughs) session right now, but here you are with me. Oh, thanks. I'm enjoying Clubhouse and all of the social media aspects out there. Believe me. You know what's interesting to me about Clubhouse, kind of the it thing right now? I love hearing people talk about it. They say, oh, Clubhouse is, is amazing. You, you go on there and you have a host and then you can jump in to the conversation and, and share your opinion as if this is something new. This is not new. It's called radio. It's been around for decades. Yeah, very much so. And it's interesting to me now to see that uh, there's another app called Locker Room, which is just like Clubhouse, but it's all about sports. And, and you are right. I mean, many of us who've been in broadcasting for a long time, like myself, talk about radio as if it is, you know, more than anything, one of those things that was part of the original social media. I mean, people started talking across the hedges or fences to each other, and it graduated from there to radio. And talk shows that are on the radio today continue to be in that area and in social media. So it's all about communication, any way you look at it. We already are seeing some competition to Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, Facebook's working on uh, an app or an extension, an audio extension. It seems like audio is the next popular uh, aspect of social media, which is exciting for us that have backgrounds in audio, radio and podcasting. I love to see more opportunities for people to provide good quality audio. Yeah, you know, I saw in one of the uh, industry trade publications where Bob Pittman, the CEO of iHeart, said that, you know, audio is now at a zenith and it's never been more popular and never been more widespread. There's lots of naysayers who are quick to jump online and say, well, radio's dead, radio's over. I, I don't believe that for a minute. But I do think there's a lot of different format locations or let's say platforms where you can get audio today. So from that standpoint, if you're in the audio business, it's pretty exciting. Do you see Clubhouse and these up and coming audio apps as an extension of radio or as a competitor to radio? Well, I think anything that takes time is a competitor to all medium, meaning If there's a great show on Netflix I want to see and I'm going to binge it, then radio and everybody else is losing me for, you know, three days if I'm binging a big series. Um, And so, you know, I'll give you a crazy example. And most people won't even know what it is if I say CB radio. 
But back in the days when citizen band radio was big and truck drivers had it to communicate with each other, and people started grabbing CB radios and putting them in their homes, and we're talking now decades ago, people in radio were afraid because it meant that there was time away from listening. And anything that's a a competitor for an individual's time, that's a competitor to radio. You know, me personally, I still love listening to talk radio, to music radio. Yeah, I use Spotify and Pandora and all these other apps, but there's just something about radio. It's such an intimate medium. You're driving down the road, you're listening to callers live. You know, that's one aspect about podcasting, something that really podcasting, unless they just tell everybody, hey, we're going live at noon. You really don't have that live experience like you can in radio. Yeah, I think that's true in some cases, not every case, but in a lot of cases, that's true. And, you know, many people today still tune into a radio a couple times a week, if not every day. It, it is fair to acknowledge that there was a time when 98% of all people in the United States listen to the radio for at least two hours a week. And those numbers have been eroding. And now we're down to the low 80 percentile. And, you know, it's probably going to continue to erode until that moment when we improve the listening experience. The listening experience for radio needs to be improved. Anybody who's involved in any type of audio delivery wishes they had the distribution that radio has. They wish they had the reach of radio. But radio's problem is... Too many commercials, not enough local connectivity to individuals, and, you know, we have downgraded the value of personalities. It's no small wonder that Apple Music created a platform on their Apple radio that has personalities, but they're not playing 12 minutes of commercials an hour. And so there's value there to those DSPs that do that. And that's what radio is going to figure out how to compete with. I teach a lot of media classes, including radio and podcasting, and my, my students love getting behind the microphone, producing their own radio shows, producing their own podcasts. But that's one thing they always say is, I wish radio played less commercials. I wish that they played more music and not as many commercials. Uh, so I believe young younger audiences it's not that they don't like radio. They just don't enjoy the experience a lot of radio stations give them, as you just said. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say we have to improve upon that listener experience and, and make radio more entertaining. And it's you know not unusual that young people today are more media savvy than they were 10 years ago. I mean, with TikTok, with anyone who has a uh, iPhone or an Android, You've got a computer, a a transmitter right in your hand. You know, you're able to create great content and post it. And they do. And so there are many more opportunities today for young people to be in media than there were years ago, even though many don't believe it. I'll hear people all the time say, well, I can't find any new young people who want to be in radio. And first off, to your point, they're not spending time with college radio, they're not spending time checking out high schools that have radio programs. 
but they're also not looking on TikTok and on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram and, and, you know, all of the different opportunities that are out there to find talent and pull them into the medium known as radio is what they should be taking advantage of. Is podcasting the new farm system for radio? Because in the past decades, you would work your way up from a small market to medium to a large market. But now, as you said, a lot of the younger talent, they're podcasting. They're on TikTok. So has podcasting, social media, YouTube, basically replaced the old farm system for radio? Um, I think it can. I don't think it's as... Um, great a farm system as, you know, finding people on YouTube and some of the other social media platforms. But the reason I think podcasting can be is that it's a low, it's a low cost entry, meaning anybody who can download the Anchor app can become a podcaster. And so, you know, there's a lot of heavy digging and searching. I would say that finding Uh, Radio talent on podcasting is more like pinning for gold than uh, than, you know, being in a garden and pulling up the soil and pulling the vegetables out of the ground that you have farmed. Um, It's there. It's just you have to do a lot of real digging to find the gold. Most and not all of it, but it seems that most talk radio is political, politically conservative talk radio. And podcasting, you have so many different categories, sports, politics, religion, arts, pretty much any topic. Do you see in the future talk radio expanding, having shows that are not necessarily just political Monday through Friday, but offers a lot of different topics? Yeah, I think there are some of those types of shows out there already. First off, NPR is dominant in more in having more audible uh, content than political. But if you look at commercial radio, you know, politics, right wing conservative talk radio dominates um, and there's a big audience for it. There are shows that are not politically laced that are entertaining. Um, I consult one called the DJV show. Uh, a gentleman named Doug Stephan is the D of that. And so it's Doug, Jen, and Victoria. And they actually have a social media reporter named Jay, who's part of that show. Uh, that show is not about my side's right, your side's wrong. Uh, there are shows like what John Tesh does, Intelligence for Your Life. Well, that's a show that does play music. It's very heavy on content about helping people have better lives. And so I think there are opportunities to find programs out there that are not right-wing conservative talk, but you do have to go on a scavenger hunt to find them. And speaking of conservative talk, uh, the biggest name in talk radio, Rush Limbaugh, uh, sadly passed away in February after a, you know, a tough battle with cancer. Uh, So that 12 noon to three time slot, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen there because you have so many uh, news shows popping up, which in a way is a good thing. Not not unfortunate because he passed away. So there's an opening, but you're seeing some local talent starting to slide into that 12 to three time slot. 
Uh, so you're getting a little bit more local content now in some markets. At the national level, I'm really inter- interested to see what's going to happen. I know Dan Bongino is launching a national show in May. Uh, you already have some other hosts uh, that have shows in that time slot. So, you know, looking and, you know, I know nobody knows the, the long-term future, uh, but the days of someone having a, a 600 radio stations like Rush Limbaugh, I just, I don't know that's going to happen again because there's so much competition out there now from not just radio hosts, but podcasting as well, trying to uh, uh, compete for people's time. I think there's a couple of things there. I mean, first off, no one's going to replace Rush Limbaugh. He was unique and, and one of a kind. And if you're in our business, regardless of whether you're conservative or liberal, regardless of whether you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, you have to acknowledge that he really brought a lot of listeners to talk radio. Um, I grew up just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was fortunate in my career to work at a radio station where he was a morning talent on a top 40. And I was, you know, very uh, influenced by listening to the great talent of that era on music radio, like Rush Limbaugh, who then used the name Jeff Christie or Jim Quinn and other talent, Jack Bogut, who I grew up listening to in Pittsburgh. Those are unique talent. doesn't mean that, you know, the talent like, uh, Mark Levin or Sean Hannity or Glenn Beck are not amazing and unique talent. They certainly are. Um, I think that it's wrong to say no one will ever have 600 affiliates again, because I think someone could, but they're going to be different than Rush. No one's going to replace Rush. I mean, you look at young people like Ben Shapiro who has a talk show on conservative radio and also has a highly successful podcast or Dan Bongino, who's coming from a podcast and television to radio. And you have to stop and say, at some point, somebody could have that. At some point, somebody could have a thousand affiliates on their radio show, but it's going to take time. Rush didn't happen overnight. It took years and it will take time. Yeah, a lot of people that are interested in radio uh, and people that listen to radio, I don't know if they really understand and or maybe appreciate how hard it is what Rush Limbaugh did. Five days a week, three hours a day, and pretty much just him. Not really many interviews, phone calls, but he really didn't need phone calls. He, he could sit there and talk for three hours a day. That is hard to do. I mean, there's a lot of people in, in radio that I don't know if could do that. I mean, that's that's rare to do. That's a very rare talent that he had to be able to do that and make it interesting for people. You know, that's, I mean, you make a really good point, Chad. And, and most people don't realize how difficult it is to do a talk show, period, whether you're trying to replace Rush Limbaugh or any talk show. Um, you know, you've got to put in at least one hour of prep for every hour you're on the air. The super pros put two hours of prep in for every hour they are on the air. And so if you're doing a three-hour show, you're putting in six hours of show prep. That's nine hours you're tying up where you're focused on this radio program. The reality of it is the great ones are always thinking about their show. 
They're always thinking about their audience. Something happens in their life and they put a note into their phone so that they come back and possibly mention it on the air. And it's really hard for television people to do a talk show on the radio. Uh, You know, most television people either have a pigtail, you know, an earpiece in or someone's giving them direction or they are doing a three to five minutes segment. And so when you see, you know, Geraldo Rivera is doing a local show on the radio in Cleveland, Ohio now uh, that's doing fabulous. Uh, but he's a guy who has radio experience in addition to television, as does Sean Hannity, as does Mark Levin, as does Glenn Beck, um, you know, and others. There's more names out there. I don't want to miss anyone, but but it's just tough. You have to be in awe when you hear someone on the radio doing a three-hour show and, and an audience is glued to it and hanging on every word. And by the way, they're doing it five days a week. That's a lot. Yes, absolutely. And I, I know, uh, and you know, it's a long list. I cannot remember everybody. But sometimes a radio company will go get a politician or, or somebody in the media that they may have a, a large following in politics or on TV. And then they bring them behind the microphone for talk radio. And it it just doesn't work. It's completely different mediums. And, you know, just because somebody may have a large political following, a lot of voters that support that person, doesn't mean they're going to be a good talk radio host. Uh, You know, radio's got to find that talent, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or, or some local host that has the radio talent, not the big social media following, but someone that understands the medium uh, more. That, that, those are the hosts that you know, seem to connect with audiences more than just somebody that may have a big name. Yeah, Ben Shapiro's made a very nice transition, um, you know, but he was from his podcast to his radio show. But he was part of a morning show in Los Angeles on a radio station before he did it. So he has had that. Um, I, um, in my time as a consultant have been, um, hired to help talent who are television talent learn to do radio. And I found that several of them are very good and several of them weren't. I mean, it's kind of a, a 50, 50 thing. Uh, when Stephen A. Smith, who's a ESPN sports reporter and a personality who came out of newspaper journalism, uh, was hired by Fox to do a radio show. I ended up being hired to work with Stephen and help him improve his radio performance. He's a total entertainer and he grasped it and did very well. And I think that's one of the elements you have to have. Politicians are in a tough situation. They almost have to have decided they're never going to run for office again because a few that I've worked with who did go back into politics, were never as open, were never as honest as we needed them to be. Not that they purposely shielded anything, but in the back of their mind was, this could come back to haunt me, what I'm about to say. <laughs> and so they wouldn't say it. And, and yeah. you know, when you sit down in that chair and you put on the headphones and you turn on the microphone, you have to be prepared to make it happen because there's nothing around you that's going to hold you up. It's all on you. 
Absolutely. You're completely right about that. Now, I know you got to go. You got other meetings. But before you go, you have a lot of experience in radio. You've been an owner, a consultant, on air as well. Looking back so far, uh, looking back to your radio career, what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? Um, you know, I mean, I don't know that I could point to one lesson. I learned that the weight of your words are heavier than they appear and the ripples they create are greater than ever. Um, and so that's a lesson I learned, um, to what I just said about talent. You know, I'm glad that I was on air. I'm glad that I was a personality because it was a privilege to entertain. And that really helped me better understand how to coach other talent and how to work with other individuals when I was a program director and now as a talent and consultant. Um, And I would say more than anything, you have to apply the golden rule to everything. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Good advice. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. You know, I've heard your name for many years. I started on radio when I was a teenager. I've always loved it. Uh, when I was a little kid, I had my own radio station from my uh, bedroom. Had, I would have my parents listen to it. So I've always loved radio, and I've always heard your name throughout the years. So it's been a real pleasure to have this chance to speak with you today and hear your insights to the business. Oh, Chad, thank you for inviting me. It's been a privilege to be here. And if you want to learn more, you can visit his website at mcveighmedia.com. Subscribe to the Chad Whittle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. For a complete list of where to subscribe, visit chadwhittle.com. And while you're there, subscribe to Chad's Substack newsletter so you can stay up to date on future guests and to have his weekly articles delivered straight to your inbox. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend. You can follow Chad on Twitter at cwhittlemedia and facebook.com forward slash cwhittlemedia. You can also connect with him on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening to the Chad Whittle Podcast.